Hey, this is Russ. We're getting ready to go to part two of the uh, Spiritual Warfare Prayer Mapping Intercession. Uh, the pages, I hope that you've already downloaded the pages. We are on part two. We're on page three right now if you have the prayer map. And if you've gotten this one first, it's better to listen to the first hour and uh, go through that first hour and uh, have the prayer map um, downloaded and uh, have that before you. Listen. I pray right now that God has, and will continue through this time, uh, just pour into you uh, His wisdom, His blessing. I trust the spirit of prayer and supplication dwelling in you, and on you, and the Lord Jesus' presence. Listen, you can be over there in Europe, in England, down in Australia, wherever you might be. The same living God. Isn't it an amazing thing? Thank you for being my brother and sister in Christ. Can't wait to get to heaven to see you someday. But until then, let's win everybody we can. Let's disciple every believer. Let's build and strengthen the church. Let's uh, become great prayer warriors to see the greatest things possible. Listen, you've only got one life to live. Why not seek to get the most out of heaven down here on the earth that you possibly can? Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Listen, my friend, there's dunamis inside of you, dunamis power of God operating in your life, in my life. And if we will yield to the power of God, know that that power needs to be manifested uh, through us. Even as individuals in the New Testament would attest that uh, when the woman was healed, Jesus knew that the Greek word he used was, power went out from me. Power went out from me. And that's an important thing. Power goes out. And I'm going to tell you literally, I, don't, I, I feel the power of God. When I get before the Lord, prepare myself, begin to pour into worship, and as I begin to intercede, it's because I've already acknowledged, and already said, Holy Spirit, help us. And I already know He is the number one helper in all of prayer. He knows every need. He knows everything going on. He knows every demonic strategy. There's nothing that He doesn't know. He knows everything. And so literally, when I come to prayer based on the Word of God, committed to praying the will of God, committed to praying, having the wonderful opportunity before the throne of grace to seek mercy and grace in my own life, but again, don't just be committed to crisis praying and, and five minutes of devotional prayer. Those are okay, but clearly not enough. God needs some great prayer warriors, and He needs great churches I think that most churches can give up half of the service they pour out and uh, turn one half of it into nothing but massive intercession, concert of prayer, and uh, joining the people in that prayer, and leading the people into groups of prayer. Could you imagine on Sunday morning coming to church and uh, when, the, when the bell rings or whatever happens, maybe singing one opening song, and then... Uh, the pastor simply says, uh, two or three of you gather together in circles and uh, begin to just simply pray uh, for, for the presence of God and the power of God to guide us today. And then as prayers begin to rumble out through the congregation, the pastor says, well, listen, let's now pour out some prayers for the souls of men. And let's begin to pray for our city and pray for all the people that need to get saved. Remember your family and friends and co-workers. And all of a sudden, for four or five minutes, uh, you hear the rumbling of prayer in the groups of three or four or five, and everybody's praying for the lost. And uh, then you hear the pastor say, let's, uh, let's pray right now for the churches and revival for, and blessing on all the churches in our area. And name them and know, you know, and then we begin to pour out the prayers for the churches. Can you imagine that? 
And then another prayer worship song comes and we begin to praise God and worship God. And then the pastor gets back and says, let's take a few moments now together and uh, let's, let's just begin to pray uh, for the whole region, for God to impact it for spirit, with spiritual awakening. And uh, let's pray for God's healing. Let's pray for God's power. Let's pray for the gifts of the Spirit. Let's pray for uh, all those you know that are in need. Begin to intercede for those in need. Pray for healing. And on and on you begin to pray. And, uh, and then you sing another song. And uh, then you come back to prayer again and he calls on the whole congregation. Let's begin to stand in the authority of Jesus Christ and let's now rebuke the powers of darkness. And uh, right in this room, let's command that every work of the enemy be absolutely broken, everything that Satan's doing to be uh, exposed, and uh, let's begin intercession and prayer and use the authority of Christ and rebuke the powers of darkness in our city, uh, in our homes, uh, any... uh, thing that's going on in our lives listen listen to the holy spirit and uh, let him tell us what's going on like jesus who knew that satan was there in the room with the disciples and wanted to sift them disciples didn't know jesus did that's just a fact you know what we need to ask the lord what's the enemy up to and like the seven churches of revelation jesus clearly gave a heads up to one of the local churches that satan was coming to put some of them in prison he was going to inspire persecution through governmental powers. That's why our first priority and the urgency of the Holy Spirit is to pray uh, with general prayers and very specific prayers and with thanksgiving for everybody and especially a targeting of those in authority, kings and those in authority. We are in such disobedience to that simple instruction of God to pastoral leadership and to the churches. We are in such disobedience to that. And uh, why don't we just follow the miracle instruction, the incredible wise instruction of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to make up things. We don't have to do a, a million other things. You know, I love seeing banners and worship dance and a lot of things. The shofar, those are all fine. But in Acts chapter 4, all they had was they had the presence of God. They had the word of God and they stood up and together they gathered and they prayed to God. They raised their voices together in prayer. That wasn't to be some kind of emotion. It's not about how loud you get, but they were to pray out. You know, when you come in a group, and this is very important in a group prayer. If you're in group prayer, listen, when we say, let's begin to pray for um, this, this, this uh, neighborhood that we live in. And uh, then there's silence for five minutes. Don't, don't, listen, come on, Christians. You know, let's pour out some prayers. Do you want to see anybody get saved? Do you want to see your neighborhood won to Christ? Do you want to see Satan broken down? Do you want to see some things occur? Do you want to see supernatural activity of God and even angelic help and direction? Do you want to see the things that occurred in the book of Acts? Well then, buddy, let me tell you right now that it's a matter of getting to be obedient the way those early disciples were. They had no secret. God gave the Holy Spirit to them that obey Him. Obey Him in repentance and believing in Christ. And stepping out in obedience to the Word of God will bring the flood of the Spirit of God's grace. He's not gonna, the Holy Spirit's not going to bless you doing your own thing, you deciding what you want. You're not, you're not the Lord, Jesus Christ. Lordship isn't up to you. Lordship means He's ruling over me. I love it. I love it. Because in Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is the infinite, immeasurable God. You, he, you cannot measure God, nor can you measure what He could do in answer to prayer because of the power that's right now dwelling in your physical body. According to His power that is at work 
supernatural operative power dwelling in you. What is God saying? What is God stirring you up? What is God moving you to? You got to turn off this CD and get before God and repent of the slack? Then do it. If you got to get before God and repent of all the things that you grieve the Spirit of God about, then do it. If you got to get before God and all the cynicism and critical stuff and negativism and everything else, then, then repent of it. Get the flesh out. Let the Spirit of God flow in your life and serve Christ, the King of heaven and earth. We don't have a whole lot of time, my friends. The Word of God said 2,000 years ago through the book of James, the Lord is standing at the door. He's very near. And the ramping up of the enemy is here. The, so many millions of people lost. And I don't even know if there's any, any Christians weeping for the world around us. There's no passion in the prayers, let alone sometimes in our own personal worship. We have to drum it up. as a, uh, It becomes a, nothing more than a circus sometimes. Well, praise God for His grace and mercy over all of our lives. Praise God for His uh, tremendous uh, work. He wants you to take up the cross and follow Christ. He wants you to give yourself as a witness of Christ, as a prayer warrior, as a discipler, let alone the gifting. See, let me say quickly here, your gifts don't identify you. They are the add-ons that help you do the mission. The mission is reaching the world for Christ. That's priority. Um, your giftings can help you do that. The mission involves teaching and discipling within the body of Christ. And giftings can clearly be used to um, for the common good. So, so quit. We need to quit all this. You know, I've got this gift. I'm this gift, or whatever else. And making our, you know, putting you know, 14 names on the title uh, of our doors, uh, saying who we are. The proof is in the pudding. If you can't win a soul to Christ, I don't care what you label yourself. If you can't, if you can't disciple anybody, uh, what, what, what good is your spouting off of dreams, visions, prophecies, and everything else? The mission of God is to reach the world. The mission of God uh, is Christ dying for the sum total of the world for us to get to the world. He won't even visibly return and come back until that message is preached to every tribe, every location, every people group in all of the world around us. So when I am mentioning this, I'm mentioning it because I'm looking down at uh, page 5 right now. I'm sorry, page 3. Page 3 is the uh, focusing. Can you take, listen, all throughout this week, take 5-10 minutes on this page alone. If it is the most important thing God wants us to be praying about, then shouldn't we give some time to it? Shouldn't we give some time to it? Shouldn't we give some time to it? Mass spiritual awakening, like the Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening, and the way God has brought revival, and in sometimes you know a million individuals could be swept into the kingdom of God in six months. The churches can see a thousand people saved in two or three or four weeks. And uh, when, when the fire and power of God... Now listen, revival comes to revive the church, to get it back on target in following the mission by the power of God uh, based on the instruction of the God, the Word of God, and, and doing it His way. And He said, with that, I'll be with you always. And He'll be here to work with us and operate through us. And it'll be like the book of Acts, where they never stopped. They didn't stop the mission. Problem is, most, most of us haven't even started. 
We're not, be, we're not being birthed. When we get saved, so many of us go to churches and they're not, the priority isn't you know, reaching the world for Christ and reaching the city and reaching your family and reaching everybody else. Week to week, that is the priority. Worship is the privilege. Going to church is the privilege. Embracing God and being having joy of your salvation and forgiveness and eternity. Man, all those things, that's the privilege. But we must uh, re- receive the privilege, forget not all His benefits, Psalm 103, but we also had to get, get down to the powerful mission of God, which angels are operating in and on, which God the Holy Spirit's been given to clothe us in fire, the fire of God, the power of God, clothed in power uh, for the sake of the repentance of the nations. So give yourself to be a witness. It's hard for some people to pray for lost souls. You know why? Because they're not a witness. They're not committed to the Great Commission. They're not committed to be a witness for Jesus. God has called you to take up the cross to be a witness. The purpose of being filled and clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit, the number one purpose is to turn you into an effective, supernatural, compassionate witness of Jesus Christ who can and does for all of your life win souls to Jesus. My friend, I want to encourage you right now, brother or sister in Christ, that you can lead not one person uh, in, to Christ in all of your lifetime, but maybe a thousand, maybe two thousand. Maybe you can be like Philip in the book of Acts and, and lead a whole people group. Maybe you can lead as a student. You can lead a hundred kids to Christ at your school. Why not? What's your agenda? What are you doing with your life? You know, it's not all about fashion. It's not all about, you know, television. It's not all about food. It's not all about recreation. It's not all about iPods and iPhones and and computers and all that stuff. It's not all about training. It's not about endless training. When will we put the training that we get into practice so that you see the power and presence and might of God? Let me ask you right now to do something. This is a little exercise I want to give you. If you're on page 3, I'm going to ask you on the right-hand side where it says uh, salvations, prayer, uh, being uh, in prayer and witnesses, requests and answers, so forth. I want you to take just a few moments. Get a pencil ready. This is very, very, very important. I'm going to give you about a minute of this, okay? Just one minute. In one minute, and I'm going to do a prayer, but I want you to do this, and I want you to pray this out to you. With that page 3, if you don't even have the prayer map, that's fine. Just have a page before you. If you don't have any paper, okay. If you're in the car, okay. God can give it to you in your mind and heart. All right, You don't even have to write it down. But I hope you'll write it down later somewhere so you won't forget it through the busyness of the day. Don't let the day steal it from you. In one minute's time, I want you to think hard as we ask the Holy Spirit to remind us of all the people around us who need to be saved. Who need to be saved. Father, I pray right now for everyone listening for my life right now to take one minute and for you to remind us of everyone around us that we know of personally that needs salvation in Christ. Now take that one minute, in Jesus' name we pray, take one minute and start writing down some names. Usually when I do this in a church setting, I give them three minutes. And all of a sudden I see people writing things down. There's a church of 800 members I did this and uh, they took three minutes, we collected everything, and we, we had counters, and we tallied. You know, they came up with over 3,000 names. Can you imagine that church starting to pour out prayers? That every single Christian would take their list home. Some people had five people on that list. Some people had 25, 30, whatever. But they came up with over 3,000 names. That was amazing to me. And I only get it within three minutes. A church that only had like uh, probably about 50, 60 people. I was doing a seminar. 
And we did this also on, on Power Evangelism. And uh, they came up with 800 and some names. And there they had a list to where they can now put it into practice and every week take out teams and go visit homes and, and go to somebody's home to, to say, Hey, how you doing, my friend? We're here just to see if you have any prayer needs. Can we pray for you today? Uh, can uh, we? Is there anything we can do to help you out? You, you're doing okay with food. You're doing okay with groceries. Can we help you with any clothes? How's your kids doing? Do you know Jesus? Can we share with you Jesus Christ? Do you know for sure what's going to happen when you die? Do you want the presence and power of God? God loves you and wants to redeem you. What in the world's wrong with that? What in the world's wrong with that? Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God into salvation. In one minute's time, whether in your car, with your iPod on, or if you're listening by your computer, Father, grant each one of us one minute. Write down names. Obviously, he reminds you of family members, friends, co-workers, people at school, neighbors, others. Sometime God, listen, if you'll take time, say, Lord. I do this a lot of times on our reap trips, too. We'll say, Lord, supernaturally lead us to the person who needs you. You know, wherever we can go uh, to, get them, you know, to make the most of every opportunity. Sometimes before we go out, we'll say, Lord, is there a specific area of the city? And there's even times where we've gotten together in groups and said, Lord, and we've done this, taken one or two minutes. Write down, you know, five, six, seven names of people you know need to get saved. Then after we did that, and everybody, you know, said, oh, I've got three, I've got five, I've got six. You know what we did next? We said, okay, pray right now and see if there's anybody on that list God wants you to visit tonight. Tonight. That was after three hours of, of training in theology courses I was teaching. And um, in that three hours, then we took everybody out. And we divided 30 people down into teams. Most of them have never led a person to Christ in their life. You're never going to do it unless you get out there and do it. And uh, uh, unless you open your mouth, unless you start. Anybody that wants to win souls, let me tell you some good news. You will. You'll do it. Because that is the mission of God. That is the power of God. God's all over soul winning. He's, he, man, he just loves it. He's, this is good and pleases God. Prayers for souls and soul winning. All of this. I'm sticking to this page because it is the first priority. And uh, there is urgency in prayer for souls. But God doesn't want you to be an intercessor just prays for souls. I've heard people come to me and say, Well, you know what? I intercede, but I don't go out and witness. Uh, how foolish is that? The Spirit of God, the clothing of the power of God was to turn you into a witness. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. That's part of the prime evidence of being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't care how many gifts you have. The expressed evidence of every single one of the book of Acts, 11 times where people were filled with the Holy Spirit. In every case, every Spirit-filled person became a witness for Jesus Christ, helped lead people to Jesus, preached the gospel, and in every case, God supernaturally operated in and upon and through their lives. Awesome, isn't it? Now, how many names did you come up with? One, two, three... And that's fine. Maybe it's only one, two, or three. One. And maybe you can take five minutes when you're at home or if you're there and, and you shut off the, the, the CD right now or the whatever and, and take five minutes. And you might come up with 30 names. I've had people come up with 50 and 60. And there they had a list to use every week and uh, pray for and to go after and to bring and to bring into church and uh, and uh, seek to witness to and to spend time with. Could you imagine in a church of three or 400 people or 500 or even 30 if we started doing that every week? 
We're not doing the mission of God on a weekly basis. We're just simply grinding the wheel and we're spending a lot of time doing the same thing. And you, want, you, know, you know what I'm going to say as a pastor for 30 years, over 30 years now? Is that many times a week after church is over, we don't even remember what occurred the week before. We barely remember the message or anything else. We need to be involved in the mission because the mission is where the power, grace, might, activity of all of heaven uh, is involved. And when that mission is being done the way God instructed, the way He promised power and supernatural aid, then the church is, I mean, just, I mean, just seized with the power, grace, mercy, presence, activity. There's testimony all over the church. There's people ready to line up and tell about how they led their friend to Christ and how they had a burden for the school and how God healed this person and how this teenager prayed a demon out of their wicked friend uh, that manifested in school. <laughs> how, how a team, when they were out, uh, gave clothing to uh, some people that didn't have anything and they led them to Christ and they picked them up on Sunday and they brought them there and there they are for baptism and there's 35 people waiting to get baptized and 12 people ready to give testimonies about how they came out of crack cocaine and prostitution and some that came out of the business world as, as thieves and stressed out people and divorced people begin to stand up and share because so many people have gotten saved and so many people have gotten blessed and God has done so many things. The praises, uh, pretty soon you, you, you can barely even get done with the whole of the old type services. You, you're so glad to get rid of those old services that are nothing more than a, than a, than a circus, a merry-go-round going around and around and around. And, uh, and, uh, and instead it's just packed with the testimony of, of the powers and graces and mights of God and the, the praises uh, are so easy and, the, and the, the camaraderie and the oneness and the unity is, is so fierce and the authority of that indestructible church that Jesus Christ said he would build uh, begins to be demonstrated. And then the world around us realizes these are the people that turn the world upside down. Hallelujah, my friend. I hope that you get inspired by the hand of God to do what it is Jesus came for. Uh, seeking to save that which is lost as the Father have sent me, so send I you. So it's, listen, you know who made the greatest prayer? You know who the greatest prayer warriors were in the book of Acts? Study it out yourself. Take a look at it. Look at, look at, look at it in the book of Acts. The people who got the greatest answers, miracles, powers, workings, and so forth, they were spirit-filled soul winners. Spirit-filled. Listen, becoming a spirit-filled soul winner and being a spirit-filled prayer warrior and a spirit-filled worshiper and a, a, goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, you can't help it. all fits together. But if you're on page 3, if you're looking at the left-hand side, um, and uh, so many times I pray Peter's uh, what Peter prayed in, in Acts chapter 4 for the Father to stretch out His hand to save, heal, deliver, uh, to show even signs and wonders uh, in the name of His holy servant Jesus to glorify Jesus. I pray that way. I believe that's pleasing to God. I, I feel His pleasure in those prayers, His power in those prayers. And then on the left-hand side of your page, if you want to keep the notes and see what God is saying to you, and if God gives you another name. Listen, I've got over a hundred and some names on, on some of these sheets that I have on souls. And I have uh, checklists of half my family members that are all saved now, and other people that have gotten saved, and even Satanists who have gotten saved, and others. The left-hand side, 
Oh God, save souls, save thousands, save my family. Summon your power, oh God. Psalm 68, stretch out uh, your hand, save lives, heal them, deliver them. Show signs and wonders. Don't you think this is the time for the power of God to be demonstrated, to strike our cities, to strike our nation? This nation is going to hell in a handbag. You know that. You know the spiritual alternatives are out there. Uh, The deception is out there. Satan's got a heyday among young people, everything else. And what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we crazy? Strike. Oh God, strike our city, our school, our families, our workplaces. And who's going to pray this until the answers come? Who's going to sit there and pray and pray and pray? Then step out. That's what they did in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts chapter 4, what they do? They prayed for God to give them more boldness as they, as they quoted Scripture and as they were committed to the will of God and the mission of God. And the power of God fell again, shook the building, and they all, by, listen, the result of the real power of God is they all went out and started preaching the gospel again. They all went out and started fulfilling the mission again. Look what happens in chapter 5. Chapter 6, all the way through chapter 8, study the life of the Spirit-filled Philip in the book of Acts, chapter 8. Study the conditions at the end of chapter 7, the church being scattered, uh, threats and murderous threats and all the things, and look what happens. Would you please commit your life to Jesus Christ and say, God, I am going to be your witness. I'm going to be a soul winner. I'm going to take up the cross and be a soul winner. And I'm going to ask you for the refreshing clothing power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to accept that power by faith. God might just usher His power all over you. I mean, look at Acts chapter 9 when Saul of Tarsus got saved. Three days later, Ananias comes over, lays hands on him. The scales fell off his eyes that he was blinded with in that encounter with Jesus. And guess what happens? He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And guess what happens? He begins to testify, witness, and preach Christ, that Jesus Christ is the Savior. And he begins to share and and pour out the gospel. And look what happens in verse 22. He grew more and more powerful. Man, being saved, and even uh, the moment of being filled with the Holy Spirit, whether at the moment of salvation or some later time, if you haven't been filled, to seek God for the fullness, power, clothing of the Holy Spirit, to be His witness. And guess what happens? That's just the beginning. Once you launch out to be his witness, you will grow more and more powerful to the point that in the book of Acts, they became unstoppable. They became so spiritually uh, you know, empowered that you could not stop them. The only way to stop them was to kill them. And so many Christians live in fear. So many Christians. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love, and a sound mind, or self-discipline, a controlled life, to discipline and have a consistent, you know, committed, devoted life. So I want to encourage you on page three, that as you're seeking, may God give you a burden for souls. May May the Father's heart of loving the world so much to give up His own Son, to die on the cross uh, for the whole world, Look at chapter 3 of John's Gospel. We know John 3.16 very well. Verse 17 says, God sent His Son of the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. And I think it's very important for us to realize that. We're not to condemn the world. Yes, that the world's hellish. So were we. So many of us were sickening little sinners. <laughs> sickening little sinners. It's not about self-righteousness. No Christian can claim that. 
Even when we're doing the things that are right, we're only, we're, no matter how much we obey the Word of God, we're only doing what's right. We never claim self-righteousness. It's not about going out condemning the world. We know the world, there's all kinds of bad things. If all you're doing is spending your time telling about how bad the world is, whatever, whatever, you're going to sound like chicken little. The sky is falling. Look at America. Look at the politics. And you're crying and complaining and complaining. What good have you done? What soul have you led to Christ? What person have you influenced? Is your mouth, your life, your lifestyle a blazing witness for Jesus Christ? I pray that it is. May God give us hundreds of thousands of powerful witnesses of Jesus that will pull themselves out in prayer. Well, listen, I, I, when we've taken teams out to go out soul winning all these years in, in Youth for Christ, in churches, in ministries, in Shatter, wherever, it doesn't make any difference what name of a church or what banner of ministry. Just do what Jesus says. I found this. God doesn't anoint the names. He anoints people. He doesn't anoint uh, big, uh, big, shiny, uh, you know, place cards, you know, on your door. <laughs> Not even your business card is anointed. Just you, my friend, anointed, set aside with the Spirit of God upon you to be doing the works of Jesus and to uh, just love Jesus and to have uh, the, you know, to, to know. To have greater is the one is you and the one is in the world. First John uh, chapter 4. To know the difference, to recognize the spirit of truth uh, and the spirit of error, that, and, and know the difference. Well, as you're praying for souls, and as you're laying down some names, and as you're going to be committing not only to prayer, listen, how can we pray for souls and not get up and go out and do it? I don't think you're going to get away with it. <laughs> I would pray this week as one of your nights, say, God, you know what? I want to give an hour, and all I'm going to do is pray for lost souls. And I want you to give me strategy. And I want you to remind me of every scripture. And I want to, I want to, that, there's where I want to dedicate my personal life. Listen, I, I can't wait for other people to do this. Whether you do it or not, I'm going to do it. And uh, it's not whether a local church is going to do it. You can sit around and complain all day. Uh, you'll have a better, better possibility of influencing and spying others if you're out there just blazing a trail. If you're out there blazing a trail. You want to start a, a spiritual Holy Spirit fire? Then be a spark, man. Uh, you got to be out there. And uh, you might grab one person and take them with you. And then it might be two and three. Listen, all it took was Philip going into the city of Samaria to uh, bring the presence and power and grace and might and authority of Jesus into that lost satanic city. Nineveh was a city that, you know, Jonah didn't even want to go to. Reluctant. So many Christians reluctant. We need, we need to be slapped uh, by the Holy Spirit so hard. Uh, about our reluctance, our hardened hearts, the craziness. Where's the mercy? Where's the mercy? Where's the grace? Jesus died, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They know not. When's the last time you shared Jesus and the love of Christ and in uh, God's kindness with a homosexual? You know, some people, some Christians I see, it's like they won't even touch anybody. Uh, they're just like the Pharisees. Look at the Pharisees in the Gospels. Blind guides, Jesus called them. They were good for nothing. Good for nothing. God help us. Bless us. And hallelujah, He will. 
Hallelujah, he will. In following the Great Commission, page three, don't forget follow-up when you lead somebody to Jesus. So you're praying and praying. every Listen, every day you go to work, if you take a half hour, 20 minutes in the morning, if you're one of those busy people and you're praying and you you take a few moments to prepare yourself, pour out some worship to Jesus and fellowship with him and be reminded of his presence and power and cast your cares on him and so forth, then throw out some prayers for your co-workers and their salvation. Listen, if you've led a friend to Christ, you know you've got to follow up on them. You can't just leave them out there as a new baby. No parents who having having babies at a hospital, no good parents going to leave their baby there. They're going to bring them home. And Jesus said, bring them home to the local church and get them baptized. That's, that's being obedient. Listen, if you're not going to be obedient to all of it, who are you? Jesus said, why call me Lord? Listen, why call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I said? Let's just do what Jesus said and watch His power fall on what He said. You do the instruction. He'll be the uh, instructor and uh, the power behind all of it. So make sure they come in to get baptized, get connected, and let them give testimony. Let, let the rest of the saints see what's happening. You know, it would probably shock a lot of churches if you led three or four people to Christ this week, brought them in church. Uh, one of them wants to give a testimony. You say, Pastor, can we have five minutes to talk about what occurred this week? And Joe and Fred and Sally and Samantha all got saved, and she got healed, and he got delivered of the demon, and uh, he gave up drinking, and she wants to get back with her husband. And uh, let's pray for them right now. They're all going to get baptized. And I've, I've just now got them a brand new Bible, and we're going to get them in discipleship class, and we get, we're giving them a discipleship material, and we're going to love them. And... Uh, uh, who's going to take them out? Let's take them all out to lunch today and, and fellowship with them and, and our new brothers and sisters in Christ. You know what? I think that a lot of Christians, that's a foreign thing. You know why? Because we're playing some kind of religious you know, game. It's like the tune to the tune of, uh, you know, round and round the mulberry bush, the monkey chase the weasel. And that's all we're doing. We're going around in circles. Week after week after week, there's pastors and leaders that are frustrated. It's not about pleasing people. It's about doing the will of God. You know, just do the will of God. God will take care of the Pharisees, the fleshly ones, and whatever else. Whatever the cost, just obey God. And that's true of, uh, that's true of uh, a tremendous and, and powerful man of God, A.B. Simpson that uh, was tired of his New York church and tired of all the high flute and merry-go-round, monkey-chase-the-weasel type of just services. Wanted to reach the world for Christ. Had great burden. He was found one time, I believe it was him that was found, hugging a globe of the world and just crying and weeping as he hugged the globe, expressing the Father's heart. How can we leave the Chinese outside the kingdom the Swahili. How can we leave uh, uh, those in, in, in Bolivia, Mexicans, Canadians? How can we leave Europe to the Antichrist? To hell with the Antichrist. We can still see revival uh, even in Europe. We can still see great things done before it's too late. Millions will lose their lives. That's one thing. But to lose your soul, that's horrific. Page four. After you've prayed for souls, after you've seen what God has given, after you have begun to be so engaged by the Spirit of the living God. Listen, Spirit-filled people, when they walk in the room, they're noticeable. Don't worry about being noticed. If you're just going to be obedient to God, you're not worried about yourself anyway. 
Obedience brings you into such a deep relationship to the Lord. That's what you've got to do. You don't have to play a lot of games. It's not that hard. Just get obedient to the Word of God. Put it into practice. The God of peace will be with you. Put it into practice. You'll be blessed in what you do. Put it into practice. You'll be strong. You'll overcome the evil one um, because the Word of God lives in you. First John chapter 2. That's all you got to do. On page 4 for us and maybe for you, we're praying a lot for those caught up. Listen, if there's 60, 65 million Americans uh, caught up in the New Age movement, that means they're being guided and directed by seducing spirits. The Spirit of God in uh, uh, 1 Timothy 4, 1 told us that in the last days that many would be, uh, would be led astray and seducing spirits would be among us, creating thousands of cults and alternative spiritualities. And it leads to nowhere. It's a road that leads to nowhere. It's a road that takes people further and further and further away from the gospel, the good news of God in Christ, and it's it's the it's 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 the roads that will lead them. Listen, I've never met a new ager that can can look me in the face. I know God personally, and I've got a testimony to tell you that God is good, His love is good, and on and on and on. Uh, that I know for sure that I'm going to heaven, and I'll be glorified. I'll live. I'll be immortal one day. They don't have that testimony. Only those born of the Spirit of God, the most transforming thing that can ever occur is salvation. And uh, then our stepping out in obedience to the Lord, the Holy Spirit will help us in our sanctification. And one day, my dear friends, we'll be glorified too. Well, on this page four, because we've dealt with so many satanically abused people and people in covens and cults and groups and uh, millions involved with the Unification Church, the Moonies, the Way International, Divine Light Mission, uh, the Worldwide Children of God, Moses Berg, uh, the Pervert. Uh, we have uh, maybe up to 100,000 covens in the United States. We have people that have been into the New Age that uh, are into every kind of weird spirit and presence and channelers. And demons are everywhere, man. They really are uh, in our nation like never before. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not going to put my head under the sand. You know, some people want to say, oh, shut up about all that stuff and let's just keep playing on the merry-go-round. Uh, while the ship is sinking? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Get off the stinking merry-go-round and uh, let's get some uh, rescue ships coming in here and help the people be saved. The Titanic is going down. Nobody thought it could. Nobody thought that America one day would go down or the world would go down, but it's going to go down. And most people don't worry. Think, you know, they know, oh, well, someday I'm going to die. Uh, well, after that, you face the judgment. Well, on this page, we take time based on the Word of God. Because the Bible even talks about those taken captive to do Satan's will. Uh, we, we see also that God, with Jezebel in the New Testament uh, book of Revelation, where that she was uh, misleading people and leading even Christians into immoral uh, uh, occultism and uh, occult-oriented sexuality. And uh, Jesus said to that local church, I gave her time to repent. Now, she wasn't willing. I find a, a number that are, but there are some that are still not. Um, we're dealing also with uh, so many of the satanic ritually abused in individuals and multiples. So this is a page in which many of you involved in end-time understanding and so forth need to realize is very important. If it is the most uh, unparalleled time in history concerning demonic activity and, and individual... Listen, I've dealt with hundreds and hundreds of demonized cases, okay? You don't have to deal, you don't have to deal with hundreds, thousands, what, you just ten of them. One of them will show you something. It'll show you how real and uh, hideous and evil 
and hating the demonic side is. The Bible does say, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Proverbs 31.8 that's, that's true about little babies being aborted and slaughtered by abortion doctors uh, cutting off their heads and killing them and doing and crushing them and so forth. They will pay the price. And uh, uh, the acts that they do and misleading uh, young girls and so forth into this uh, issue of uh, it's not convenient and the immorality that brought it about in the first place. Anyway, we're all victims of the satanic agenda, but we also have sinned. Some have brought up in, brought up in childhood in satanic practices. And so we simply on the left-hand side again, take a look at what it talks about. Um, o Lord, set the captives free. That's what Jesus came to do, to set captives free, to release, listen, uh, to bring release for the prisoners, to open the eyes of the blind. Take a look why Jesus was anointed. 700 years before he came, we read in Isaiah where uh, the, the, the anointed Messiah, you know, it, the Spirit of the Sovereign will be upon him to preach good news, but also to do the ministry of uh, healing and, and getting people out from the power uh, of the enemy. Think about Mark, Mark chapter 5 and the man that was cutting himself, living among the tombs. Nobody could bind him. Nobody could help him. He was living in agony. Agony. He was, he was literally tortured. Could you imagine a man like that? I've met a number of people like that. And the power and authority and compassion and ministry of Jesus delivers them. Just as he's always done. And uh, it was only the Lord Jesus that could do that. So there are so many victims I've dealt with over the years that I've heard them say to me again and again and again, I wish there was somebody that when I was five years old or ten years old that they would have prayed for me. They would have come for me. They would have reached out to me. They would have recognized the abuses that I was going through. That They would have gotten me out of a coven or they would have gotten me out of the abuse. And uh, I think that we need to understand that. A lot of people that are in covens and cults and things like that, uh, in which probably up to uh, half of our nation, 150 million people, are involved in some form, alternative form of spirituality, in which Satan is blinding uh, them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So we need to pray against the demonic presence. We need to pray for them specifically. We need to pray for supernatural invasion to rescue them. How did Peter get out of prison? Can I ask you that? How did, in the book of Acts, how did Peter get out of prison? When they had no other means, they, they couldn't go to the politicians. They didn't have laws. They, didn't have, they couldn't do that. But through intercession, targeted strategic praying for Peter to be released, seeking God, guess what happened? Those laws of engagement, the windows were open, God came through. And, uh, you know, that's what we need to pray for those at the Bohemian, Bohemian Grove in California that more and more people are hearing about, where thousands probably over the years have been used sexually in every other way. You've got to think in terms of the, of the sexual slavery and think of those in the uh, abortion industry. Think of those in the porn industry in California and other places. Think of all those people being used and abused and hurt and, and their lives are being destroyed. Think of the demonized individuals, the kids, teenagers that I've dealt with that are demonized. Um, and listen, when you're, when you're going to be a, a spirit-filled prayer warrior, a witness for Jesus, under the training Jesus gave in Luke chapter 10, guess what? It includes preaching the good news of Jesus, getting people saved, praying for healing in people's lives, and commanding and ordering demons out and off of people by the authority that Christ has permanently given to you. You have that authority, just acknowledge it, and uh, be prepared to use it. 
and don't be afraid. And do like it shows right there in Luke 10. You can, you can read 50 books. I've got a couple hundred books here. You can read them. That's fine. But if you look at Luke chapter 10, uh, all that Jesus did is that he showed them what was being done, of course. And then he took 70 to it and he sent them out in t- by twos. And they're preaching the kingdom, which involved the gospel and, and salvation. Jesus mentioned that in Mark chapter 1, uh, for everybody to repent and believe the good news, the kingdom of God is near. And uh, then they prayed for healing. And they came back amazed that they themselves could order the demons, the demons would submit and, uh, and do what they said to get out of people, to get off of people, to get, you know, and to see individual lives delivered from the demonic. And of course, Jesus said, hey, you know, don't focus on that. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. That's the, that's the central issue. We're not just exorcists sent out to go around the country. That's not what I am. I don't care what, you know, some people have called Russ is the exorcist, you know, and they, and they list me that way. I'm not an exorcist in that sense. All I want to be known as is a Christian, as a witness for Jesus Christ, and, uh, and someone who can pray for some healing, physical and inner healing, and see the grace and mercy of Jesus that way, and to give shoes to somebody if they need it, food or whatever else, some clothing, some help. And whenever I encounter demonized individuals or whatever else, and because we are not afraid and have been committed to to help people that way, uh, we've been sent people from 50 churches in our area and into four or five other states uh, and and over over even into other countries uh, over telephone to do deliverance. And it's incredible, but the authority of Jesus works. So that's what we're doing on page four. We're simply praying this way. And we're praying for people, um, for God to send laborers, for them to be rescued, released. Listen, if you know about um, individuals, I write their names down here. If you know certain people um, that are, and if you know some some people that are in some kind of, uh, they're under some kind of counterfeit miracle sign or wonder, counterfeit, you know, false prophets and so forth, to pray against the counterfeit powers, and pray for their eyes to be open. Pray. For, listen, whose power is greater? But if Nobody's going to be exercising, in a sense, opening the doors for the power of God to minister and preach and teach and, and exercise that authority. Then, then people are going to stay bound, and uh, just simply by the absence of the powerful witnesses of Jesus and the indefeatable church that Jesus said He would build, He'll build it with or without you, with or without me. He'll build his church worldwide. There's 300 million Chinese Christians, man. There's uh, millions down in Argentina and South America all over. One of the largest churches in Christian history is in Nigeria. Uh, I believe they have now reached 2 million members with a 50,000-seat sanctuary on Sunday. And they have one service after another service after another service after another service. Um, So please understand that all over the world, God's not showing favoritism. He just simply gives the power of the Holy Spirit to them that obey. He just simply blesses them that go according to His instruction and do what He says. Well, listen, let's continue on to this uh, prayer map, page 5. This is where we focus. Again, focus. Take time. If you take the time to focus on each subject as you go, some people have said to me before, well, listen, we don't want to do all that because we want to get to whatever we need. We want to pray about our needs. We want to pray about this. We want to pray about that. Well, that's fine. We'll get to all of that, but we don't want to displace this literally you could take a piece of paper and say you know what lord i want i want to write down um the issue of abortion 
and I want to ask you to lead me, and I feel led to take the gospel to girls and people and whatever. My wife worked uh, for a Christian agency that saved many babies over a long period of time, helped many ladies, led young girls that were pregnant that were going to kill their babies, but decided not to, and she led them to Christ. And they have, you know, just all kinds of training for them and parenthood things, and and, uh, they have baby cribs and ways to help them. That's what we need to be doing. With the secret power of lawlessness that's already at work, and the fact that um, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but with uh, the demonic powers and principalities and rulers and so forth, uh, we, are, we, we realize that it's all about a spiritual battle. We realize there is an underground satanic agenda that Jesus, the sower of the word, comes and pours out the word of God to the world, and people get saved and the wheat begin to grow, like the parable. But during the night, the evil one comes, and he sows his word in all, a counterfeit kingdom, and he creates disciples, and uh, they are the tares that are also growing up. So you and I have got to realize concerning secret societies and all of the so-called conspiracy stuff, regardless of what you believe about all of it, Psalm chapter 2, written 3,000 years ago, tells us about the conspiracy that the world will have against the Lord's Christ. And the fulfillment of that will come in Revelation 19.19. Satan has an agenda, my friend, and uh, he's been working on it, he's working on it. There are more people directly create, you know, committed, committed to the fallen cherub than ever before in history. And he will have his troops, and Antichrist will come, and more people, billions, will lose their lives in the shortest amount of time. Jesus said that it'll be unparalleled. Never was before, never will again be a time like those days that are right before us, that we're right on the edge of. So we pray for God to give, uh, uh, to expose evil deeds of darkness so that we can warn others too. We pray that, uh, and then we, we write down on the right-hand side uh, names of covens and groups and, and secret societies and so forth. I think the Masons and the ones in your town, I think, um, you know, all the different secret societies and covens and satanic places, the Brotherhood, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them. We're dealing now with the secret power of lawlessness that's already at work, operating in a supernatural basis, raising up individuals, and helping to fulfill the satanic agenda. Listen, if there's going to be counterfeit signs, wonders, and miracles, guess what they're going to come through? They're going to come through the agents of Satan, who, by the way, can masquerade as an angel of light. And uh, to do what? To deceive. Even the elect, if that was possible. So it's all about deception. The number one Jesus, the thing that Jesus warned us about in talking about end days, the first thing he said about the end days was, don't let anybody deceive you. The majority of teaching, even in Matthew 24 and so forth, that, that Jesus gave was about the counterfeit, the false, and don't be deceived, and, and watch what occurs. Yes, he'll talk about the nations and wars and, and the earthquakes and famines, but the number one thing he talks about is the deception, and we're told again and again and again. We see it outlined in, in that chapter. We see it in the Gospels when Jesus refers to the end of the days. Uh, the most deceptive time in all of world history will lead to the most destructive time in world history. 
And we're here to unleash the gospel in the context of those days to see uh, the most, um, p- the most, um, the largest possible numbers of believer people coming to faith in Christ and the power of God. And God's going to unleash the two witnesses uh, to the world. And listen, the world's going to see what's going to happen for three and a half years. I won't go into all that right now, other than to say this: when we pray, and we're in different little cities and places. And I have a number of uh, names of perpetrators and high priests and, and individuals that we know of. We're praying for their exposure. We're, we're, we're targeting right now Bohemian Grove out in California, uh, the 2,000-some acres and so forth, where for, gosh, I don't know, probably all of almost all of American history, primarily, but specifically over 100 and some years, uh, satanic uh, worship of Moloch and demonized rituals and them sending demonic presence on, on the senators and presidents of our nation. No wonder. Look, Listen, more, so many Christians, especially in the conspiracy world stuff, uh, they're, they're slamming the presidents. They're slamming the government. And Jesus, the word of God tells us to, to, at first priority, with great urgency, we're to pray for that. We have to realize something. Satan is after our presidents. He, he's after the Congress. He's after all of them. Are you going to just sit back and let him have everything? Can you imagine if there's 500,000 churches in America that we can't see God bring influence? We could if we humbled ourselves or repented of our own sin and put the instruction of God first. The priority of prayer and intercession for the kings and those in authority, law officers and people in your own city and everything else. Well, we pray for exposure of the underground secret work that's operating. Those of you in Europe need to be doing this very, very deeply. We need to pray for greater discernment ever. You know, all Christians have discernment to a certain level, according to 1 Corinthians. You know, we're to discern all things. And by the Holy Spirit of God in us, we have. Greater is the one in us than the one who's in the world in reference to the Holy Spirit of God inside of us, First John chapter 4. In the context of recognizing the spirit of error um, uh, in, 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 um, uh, in the context of also recognizing the spirit of truth and uh, realizing the work, uh, you know, test the spirits and see whether they come from God. A lot of spirits out there, only one great, infinite, immeasurable precious Holy Spirit of God. And that's who's dwelling in you with authority. And God has given you spirit-lit eyes to see and to know. And uh, you're supposed to, you know, begin to know some of the enemy's work. You know, the Word of God teaches us that we're not to be unaware of his schemes. You know, when Christians just say, oh, I don't want to know anything about this. You know, that is, that's because you, you know what, because you're not really a, a strong disciple of Jesus. You're not really been discipled by the Word of God. If, if Jesus Christ is Lord, then that means you're gonna you're gonna love getting into all the Word of God and putting it all into practice and allowing yourself to be built into a very, very, very powerful, powerful believer. Well, this is what we pray for. We pray for that for God to bring even revelation. On the left hand side of that page five, you're gonna see where you know we're praying God to expose the enemy's work. Um, to grant us incredible discernment of the dark spirits, even entering encounter. That's why I'm telling you and been putting out materials saying, listen, so much of our, even our churches, that's the satanic agenda. Don't be surprised. Ananias and Sapphira, chapter 5 in Acts. Satan entered into them as, they, as there was an uh, infiltration into the local church uh, to do what? To eventually con- corrupt and, and, and to harm things. 
Don't be surprised that there are people entering into the church uh, that have demonic presence or even uh, real Satanists, uh, Luciferians that are purposely infiltrating churches um, to, to bring damage. Uh, please go to our website and look at the two uh, podcasts that we have on the uh, clear agenda. And it's happening in churches all over the place. And uh, probably the majority of churches. You have to take time to go through that to understand this. Um, we're just simply encouraging you to pray for the gifts of the Spirit of God to be operating in your life. Uh, to pray concerning coven sites and so forth. And, and that's where, again, write notes down. Get what God is showing you. God took uh, Ezekiel in the book of Ezekiel to show him. Uh, the inside of the cave where they were doing satanic worship in the Old Testament. Uh, God revealed the satanic works, uh, trying to infiltrate the seven churches. Look at the seven churches. Most of them had uh, the Nicolaitans, Jezebel, Satan's throne, you know, had all kinds of you know stuff going on. Uh, there's attack, my friends. Quit blaming on flesh and blood. Quit blaming it on other people. And realize where the war is. Look at page 6. Here's what we say, by the authority of Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we rebuke the demonic presence, the powers. Here's where anything you know of for sure, this is again, not just about, I mean, if you know for sure of demonic stronghold, uh, demonic curse, satanic rituals being done against churches, uh, curses being put on people, on you, uh, where there's real occult level warfare, uh, where you see the demonic working and manifesting, where the Holy Spirit has shown you this very, very clearly, that it's very clear, well then you're to uh, target that and, and exercise the authority of Jesus to trample. Jesus said it's, you, the authority is to trample the demonic presence and powers, to, to, to trample them and to overcome all the power of the enemy and praying for those who are demonized. Sometimes we go out on the Friday nights, we say, Lord, if there's anybody out here demonized, lead us to them that we can uh, you know, you know, come against the demonic presence in their life and lead them to Christ. In the Bible, most people that got saved, or delivered rather from demons, got saved. And I find that uh, pretty much true now. Uh, that and other than some really hardcore Luciferians uh, where we've engaged them, um, we've seen some of them uh, run, literally run, and not want to give up all their powers and uh, be committed. And that's how some of them will be committed to the very end. Antichrist will have his troops. He will have his people. He will have, he will have millions that will be demonized and committed to the coming mark, which involves demonization. And uh, so you and I, as never before in history, the authority of Jesus that he spoke about 2,000 years ago that you and I have right now needs to be expressed. When you're in your church Sunday morning, I don't care if nobody else is doing it, you know. While you're, they're praying or when they take a time for prayer, rebuke the demonic presence. Com just, just pray for exposure of any infiltration. Pray for the, you know, the, uh, under the authority of Jesus uh, for even pastors and leaders to become aware of demonized individuals or whatever. And pray against any, any demonic assignment that you know of. Anything that the Holy Spirit causes you to, you know, realize where, where uh, you know, real demonic activity is coming. And pray against that, directly speak against that, directly command it to be bound, broken, sent out, and so forth. And if you find an individual has a demon in them, on them, so forth, and there's a manifestation, deal with that. Cast it out. Command it to get out. Order the demonic side in by the authority, the spells, the curses, ritual workings, magic, occult powers, 
all of that. Come against it. This is where you come against the dark side. Come against it. And listen, take time. The Holy Spirit knows all the activity of the enemy. The Holy Spirit knows all that's going on. So when you get in your own pride, just listen. Take your page. Lord Jesus, is there any particular assignment the enemy has against me right now? Lord Jesus, is there anything that Satan's working against or demons working against me right now or my family or my church or the pastor or my city area or some person? And see, take the time. You know, nothing may happen at first, but eventually God's going to begin to give you insight. And if, if you will take and uh, pray against the, the, the uh, works of the enemy, remember again, 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Well, we can continue with this, but I think you've got the idea now. When you go to page 7, and you specifically take time to pray, uh, starting off with your own local church, then praying for the churches in your own uh, city area, and all the churches. Take a look at the left-hand side. Jesus died for the church. He loves the church. He shed His blood for the church. He's the Lord of the church. Only He can kick out local lampstands, not you and I. Uh, you and I do not need to take up Satan's agenda. He's the accuser of the brethren. He is. Night and day, the Word of God tells us, He accuses the brethren, the body of Christ. Don't take up His cause. Don't be used. Don't let your fleshliness, don't let cynicism and bitterness you know, take over so the enemy can use you as a, as a hatchet against the body of Christ. Weep for the body of Christ. Get down. What benefit are you to the body of Christ? What are you doing good for the body of Christ? You and I have been called to be um, not spectators, but participants uh, and stand with brothers and sisters everywhere. So pour out your prayers. Study the left-hand side uh, about the purity and power of the body of Christ. Uh, praying for the gifts, mercies, and graces, and praying for revival, praying for the works of Jesus, praying for the church, praying for the leaders, praying for your pastors and leaders by name, prayer mapping them. And if God gives you insight for them, go to them and talk to them and bless them. The last uh, page, the primary intercession, is uh, praying for laborers. And I want to encourage you to pray for God, like it says in Luke 10. Pray for God to send more prayer warriors and soul winners and witnesses and, and, uh, and uh, disciplers and so forth. I mean, we're instructed to do that. When's the last time? You know what? We're simply not doing the instruction. How can we expect the power of God and the blessing of God without doing the will of God? Are we crazy or what? Well, I want to be on fire for Jesus. I don't know about you. I'm not going to wait for anybody else. Um, you know, God is, uh, I'm held responsible for what I have and what I know. And I'll get up, and I'm going to be uh, counted of the Lord. And I'm going to say, here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. Cleanse me, wash me, clothe me with your power. I accept the authority of Christ. The armor of God is on. Uh, the compassion of Christ is here. Uh, I'm going to be a great, I'm just going to pray all I can, intercede all I can. I'm going to pray for people on an individual basis in the hallway of the church, out in the parking lot, friends at work. You know, people, when you become somebody who gets a lot of answers to prayer, people are going to come to you. And uh, so on the basis of the Word of God, pray. With the Spirit of God, the Spirit of prayer and supplication helping you, give Him time. Be devoted, be watchful, be thankful, give Him time. Become very experienced in prayer, intercession. Now page 8 goes to page 9, where we take time in our groups 
to bless, just simply to speak nothing but blessing, praying for the power of God, praying for strengthening, praying for individual believers. Listen, we all get beat up in this this ministry in life and and so many times we get hit wounded and rejected and so forth and the enemy you know lays some some down whatever you know we need the bible word of god says encourage one another daily and all the more as you see the day approaching we're to we're to encourage one another encourage one another even in thessalonians where we read about the second coming of christ we're to encourage one another may i say something to you you are born of the Spirit of God. You are a child of God, a daughter of God if you're a woman, one of the sons of God if you're a, you're, you're a guy. And uh, you're loved by God so much. And that's taken care of. You're justified as if you've never sinned. You've been given the righteousness of Jesus. Uh, you know that you have eternal life, First John chapter 5. And God loves you, and God will work things out in your life. Uh, be more committed to Jesus and His mission and uh, he'll take care of all the other things, your personal career and all that stuff. That's true concerning Matthew 6.33. Seek first him, his right, his, his kingdom. All the other things will be added, my friend. Bless one another. Bless one another. Bless one another. And then the last page I have on here is page 10. And it just simply prim up yourself, your own life, all the things. Look on the left-hand side, you know. Um, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord, what are you saying to me, Lord? How should I pray for myself? If you're going to ask somebody to pray for you, what would you ask them? And in other words, if you're to call me or send me an email, say, Russ, uh, I need you to pray for me. Okay, well, you know, what do you want me to pray? I've done this thousands of times in service at altar. You know, altar, you know our altar call, you know, calls at church, people come up to get saved, prayed for, to be filled with the Spirit, healing, deliverance, guidance, direction, pray just for mercy, to give wisdom, a word of a scripture to somebody. And, uh, you know, for over 30 years, we've done this thousands of times, thousands of people over the years. And so it can be an immediate thing. So if you were to write me and say, Russ, I want you to pray for me, for what? And write that down on your page. Ask the Lord, and I've done this before, Lord, what is it that I need? What is it that I need? Lead me, guide me, direct me, show me what it is I need. Uh, Show me how to pray for myself. In that outline of prayer, the great uh, disciples' prayer, really, the Lord's Prayer, um, worship, and then intercession. And then he says, and pray, pray for your daily needs, daily bread. How do you pray over your job? Let God, the Holy Spirit, give strategy about praying, uh, whether you're a kid for your parents, uh, whether you're parents for your kids or spouses. How do you pray for your spouse? Have you ever prayer mapped your spouse and seen really what it, how the Lord Jesus wants you to pray for them? Your household? your job, the rest of your family, extended family? What about your, you know, the, the, the goals you have? Your, your time, your testimony, uh, your goals? What about, you know, taking this page and saying, Lord, uh, in Psalm 139, search me, O God. Is there anything going on in my life that needs to be thrown out? Is there anything that's, it's okay, but it's not beneficial? It's not good. It's permissible, but not beneficial. Let me get out some of the junky things in my life and focus on the most valuable things. And you will bear more fruit. You will honor God all the more. Your life will have great impact. So take the time to pray through and prayer map your life. Listen, you can take some pages after this. I've got a page that just has in Pennsylvania written at the top. And uh, cities that we've prayed in areas and satanic areas and churches and pastors. And I, just, I have a whole page that deals with just Pennsylvania. I've got a page called Exotheology. 
dealing with all those in that whole UFO community and praying for specific people, even remote viewers by name, and that whole agenda. And I'm engaged in praying for that and praying and interacting uh, because of the coming uh, occult-level spiritual warfare that will come in this uh, psychic PK and remote viewing uh, issues, the satanic use of it. I have, you can have, I've got a page down concerning uh, ministry and, and book materials that I'm writing, and I pray over that, and I look for God's guidance in the Word of God. And, and so you could take uh, anything. You could take a page and say, Lord, here's the name of my high school. Here's the name of my college. And uh, uh, the Bible says to pray uh, for the souls, lost souls to be saved. The Bible says to you know, lay out the Word of God, get some strategy, and begin to pray, but you're praying to get the answers. The man that came next door and he started knocking on that guy's door and said, Hey, I have a need here. I need bread. I need bread right now. I need bread. And the man that was laying in there wouldn't get up. But the man that wouldn't go away kept knocking and knocking and knocking until the man on the inside got up, brought him the bread and everything he needed. That man stood at that door and wouldn't go away. Jesus, that whole thing was about prayer. We're not to faint. We're not to give up. Matter of fact, some of you, God's going to express the power of resurrection of some of your old prayers that you've given up. Ask the Lord, Lord, is there areas that I've given up and not prayed on over years? Do I need to be renewed and the fire come back on me to get the answers? Because it's all about answers. Even if the answer is no, if God gives me a no, okay, that's fine. Chuck that, set it aside, let him give you wisdom over things. Allow him to say no and give you the wisdom. Because he knows best. He knows far better about my life. How, who knows more about your life, your future, and everything about you? You or the infinite, immeasurable, compassionate, living, personal God who gave up his son to die for you at the cross. Have you ever read Isaiah 48, verse 17? When, when God says, I'm the, I'm the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, you, you know, the Lord your God, your Redeemer, who teaches you what is best for you and leads you in the way you should go. Now apply that to praying in the power of the Holy Spirit and using a prayer map like this and uh, spending the time and engaging and doing it more and more and more and more until you're, until you're just saturated and experienced and a pillar and uh, someone who have seen, you can eventually get up and share a, a hundred stories of powerful answers to prayer. Don't just read about them. Uh, become one of those that other people read about maybe see bottom line is uh, he's called us to bear fruit we're called to be devoted to prayer being watchful and thankful Uh, we're called to see the answers come in and see uh, the kingdom of God uh, which is not a matter of talk be expressed God bless you my friend this is Russ Dizdar shatterthedarkness.net